0: Our gospel is taken from Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Kathy. Grace to you all and peace. Amen. Did you know that the average American works more hours than a medieval peasant? Think about that. You watch all of these shows and movies and see these people toiling away in the fields, sweating and flopping over in exhaustion, and you think, wow, they had it bad back then. Well, you've got it worse by several hundred hours each year. Americans suffer from what some scholars call a time famine. We all have 24 hours a day, and yet nobody can seem to find enough time. And interestingly, this epidemic affects people across many demographics. From poorer people racing between jobs to make ends meet, to the middle class busting their butts to make sure their kids don't miss out on any opportunity for advancement, to the very wealthy whose ambition does not let them rest content in what they have. Life here feels like a squeeze, a never-ending set of tasks for all of us. And because our time gets snatched up by the various functions we find ourselves filling, we never take the time to pause and ask, how is this working out for me? And so there we go, just trucking along at faster and faster speeds, sinking deeper and deeper into this miscalculation that we make, that a full schedule equates to a successful life, And that our deepest satisfaction in life will come from that dull and vague feeling of victory we get from successfully staying afloat over so many things at once. All of this is to say that if I had to choose a Bible character to describe our nation's culture, Martha would be a very good candidate— Look at her, taking on many tasks, distracted and worried. She's one of us, American as the apple pie we bought to drop off at our kids' end of the season lacrosse party in the five minutes we had between work and the gym. We read this text as Americans and we're genuinely shocked that Martha is the one that Jesus reprimands. Why, we say, she did everything right. There was stuff to be done, and she did it. (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do here. Stuff. (laughs) It's her sister we've got to worry about. Lazing around like one of those mythical Europeans we hear about who only work three or four days a week and get a whole month off in the summer. Mary is the problem here, Jesus. And yet Jesus says that Mary, in her sitting and resting and listening, is the one who has chosen the better part. Okay, wise guy, we retort, because this is how Americans talk to Jesus. So we're not supposed to do anything, then, Jesus? Just let the dishes gather in the sink and the dust bunnies gather in the corners so we can have some sort of kumbaya session cross-legged on the floor with you? Where's that going to leave us? Pro tip, Jesus. Someone's got to think of the details. Now, out of my way, I've got some real work to do, as I'm the only one on my block who hasn't yet fertilized the lawn. And so we storm off from Jesus, feeling self-righteous and a little bit witty, but also empty. Because in our heated reaction, we missed what Jesus is actually talking about here. We hear this text and are quick to assume that Jesus is calling Martha out because she's got a high level of activity. But that's not what Jesus is concerned about at all here. So you can stop holding your breath, dear Americans. It turns out that Jesus is not against us doing stuff. In fact, in the verses right before this story, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, where the hero is a man who does a lot of stuff because he senses God inviting him to enter his wounded neighbor's story. Jesus is okay with us doing stuff, even when it makes us a little busy from time to time. But when the only tool you have is a hammer, as the saying goes, every problem begins to look like a nail. And our hammer as a culture, is this knee-jerk reaction to do more stuff, more quickly, and more busily. This is Martha's problem, too. It's not that the many tasks she's doing are bad, per se. It's just they're not called for right now. They distract her to the point that she misses God's invitation to her right that very moment. Martha's problem isn't her tasks. It's her lack of presence to what God is doing. So Jesus, the whole reason he's here on earth is to reveal the living God who shows up daily, then and now. This living God is calling us constantly into life that is abundant and true. This living God is constantly issuing us invitations, calling out to each one of us in every moment to name and notice God's presence and then to respond to it this living God doesn't always ask us to do more stuff. Yes, sometimes God does. Sometimes God invites us to actively serve our neighbors. But God also invites us to rest. To step back from commitments. To get caught up in conversations we weren't expecting. To simply experience time as a gift, rather than trying to cram it full with as much stuff as we can. This was the invitation Jesus was offering Mary and Martha when he entered their home. But Martha, in her unexamined drive to do more, misses the living God in her midst as she conflates busyness with faithfulness. Can I speak honestly to you? I love Mount Olivet so much. And sometimes I worry we are in danger of making this same mistake. That we will conflate busyness with faithfulness. And distracted by all the tasks we say yes to, we'll miss the living God in our midst. It's an understandable temptation, of course. It's a Martha world out there, and most of you don't come to make this church your home because you're looking to fill the gaping holes in your calendar. You're busy. I see this especially with our youth and their parents on Wednesday nights during the school year. Many of our youth make it to half or fewer of our sessions because they end up getting double or even triple booked on Wednesday nights sometimes. Or parents of high schoolers sitting in that pressure cooker that is the college decision process tell us that the only way we can hope to engage their kids at church is to organize service projects so they have something to put on their college applications it's hard to know how to do ministry in this context because the deep spiritual community that our faith calls us to it doesn't happen without us investing our time But it's so hard for people who are already busy to hear this as good news. And more often than not, church can end up feeling like just another ball you've gotta juggle. Sometimes it feels like what we do here just adds to the time famine. (laughs) And I gotta say, I'm part of the problem. I know my gut instinct in ministry is to just get more stuff on the calendar. To schedule a meeting, to launch a new leadership group or initiative, go on a new retreat, to try to outcompete or at least blend in with all the other commitments you've got going on in your lives, saying that if we live in a Martha world, perhaps the way forward is for us to become a Martha church. Every other inch of our lives measures success by how well we are able to maximize our output. So why not church, too? Well, because of this story, that's why. This story and all scripture calls us back to the living God who tells us that faithfulness isn't measured by how much we do, but by whether or not we are present to God's unending grace toward us. Whether or not we are able to notice what God is calling us to in any given moment. True faith, at least in these verses, can look like just sitting together listening to one another, and enjoying that feeling of letting time pass. Our culture, it's always going to tell us to do more, work harder, and cram another thing in. But the living God that Jesus reveals is not that predictable the same God who calls us to serve our neighbors and to get involved and active like the Good Samaritan in one moment also calls us to sit down and listen in the next. Each moment that we live contains a divine invitation to true and abundant life. And that invitation looks different day by day. And so what faith is is becoming available to that invitation. Faith is a process of detachment, detaching ourselves from the tasks that worry and distract us enough to be able to hear and respond to the living God's invitation. What if we let that notion Lead our life at church? What if we measured our success not by the size of our impact, but by how we've been present to God? What if we could say clearly that each thing we are saying yes to as a church was because we know that the living God is calling us there? What if church wasn't another ball to juggle in your lives? but a place where you find the space to ask why you're juggling so many balls in the first place? What if this place became known as somewhere where you can set aside the tasks that distract and worry you and become content to simply sit down with the people around you at the feet of Jesus and enjoy that feeling of letting time pass? where you become available to God's ever-changing invitations. Well, if we did that, then we might just hear God. God calling to us. God ushering us into a life that is abundant and true. We might just hear the voice of Jesus telling us that like Mary, we have chosen the better part and that no one will be able to take it away from us. Amen.